the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to Difference Makers right here on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and after all these years, I'm privileged to be the director of local ministries right here at True Talk 800, KPDQ, The Fish, and El Rey. And my dear friend and fellow former Long Islander James Blind is across the glass today for the vacation in Clark Hilton. And in the studio today, we have a couple of friends, and the reason they're here is very special. It's called Revive. It's a brand-new radio ministry coming in 4 p.m. weekdays here to True Talk 800. And the host of Revive is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Portland, Terry McNabb, accompanied today by his wife, Catherine. So, Terry, Catherine, thanks for coming today. How are you? We're great. Thank you so much for having us, and we're looking forward to spending this time with you. It's exciting for us. Calvary Chapel Portland is located on Southwest Wilshire Streets, and they have their Sunday morning services at 9 and at 10.45 a.m. Now, that's the one where you take Sunset Highway to East, uh, to exit 69B and from northbound I-217. If you take the very last exit, U.S. 26 East Portland ramp, and immediately exit to Wilshire Street, you'll then find Calvary Chapel Portland. Now, you shared that building with a couple of other ministries as well, right? We do, with a uh, a uh, Korean fellowship that's in the Portland area, and they're great uh, to uh, share that facility with them. And there's also uh, their young adult college fellowship is in the building as well, and we all just make good use of that property and the building and try and get a lot of ministry done. When I was growing up in the 80s, it didn't seem that churches or especially denominations played so nicely together. So I'm so thankful to see that, and I think it makes a statement to the community, especially the unchurched community. When you have big, super huge megachurches teaming up with little tiny churches and maintaining gardens together for the city simply because they can, I think that speaks to people. Feeding homeless people under the bridge speaks to people. And we should never discount the Word of God and wanting to share it with those who either don't know Him or have fallen back for whatever reason. But I th- really think that what we do can speak sometimes even more loudly than what we're telling people. So, Catherine, tell us where you met your husband, Terry, in the first place. Oh, my goodness. Mike, I'm so glad to be here today. Terry and I met my senior year of college. I ran away from home from Seattle, Washington, and went down to sunny Southern California, was at Vanguard University. And my senior year, my girlfriend asked me to be a backup singer for her band. So I went to that rehearsal space in Long Beach, California, and there behind a beautiful drum set was the cutest boy I had ever seen. That's me. Yeah. Three weeks later. (laughs) I'm glad you put that point in, Terry. (laughs) Three weeks later, he asked me out on a date, and the rest is history. So you knew. How old were you at this point? 18-ish, maybe? Oh, well, I was 21, and he was 22. And so we dated for a year and a half. 
and he proposed, and we married in Southern California on the campus at Vanguard University, and uh, lived in Orange County for quite a few years, and uh, moved to Northern California, and we've been here in Portland for 21 years. So, Terry, when you first laid eyes on Catherine from behind this drum set, by the way, as a fellow drummer wannabe, what kind of yes. drums were they? What was your setup? Uh, well, they were a, they were a budget kit at the time. She's being kind to say a beautiful drum kit. I'm sure she says they were beautiful because I was sitting behind them. <laughs> I don't really remember the drums. She doesn't remember them. I just remember them, the boy. <laughs> that I was there, young and fit. Um, but but I got my uh, brand new Yamaha kit, and I've still got that. I'm so old now that my brand new drum set is now considered vintage, and uh, Yamaha drums. Uh, still play them. They sound great. Engineers love them. Oh, they make good stuff. They so make you, very good stuff. Do you want to talk drums or my marriage? <laughs> uh, I guess I can do both. So, yeah. So from behind these drums, when Catherine first walked in, what was your thought, Terry? Oh, this is, I thought this is a cute girl, but what am I supposed to do? I have a job to do. I'm playing drums here, and I've got to impress her. Um, but I wasn't a quick mover, so I impressed her with uh, my drum skills, and then I was slow to ask her out. But when I did, I... I meant business. He did. He did. He's very faithful, very true. Good boyfriend, better husband. First date was where? Oh, a restaurant. What was that restaurant? We went to a restaurant. Uh, I don't even remember where. It doesn't even matter. We went to listen to a band play, and the band happened to be playing in the bar, and it was a first date, and we got back into the car when it was over, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and we both said together, we don't normally go to bars. And so <laughs> we had, we had, to, to, we had clear to apologize that up right to each away. other on our first date. You wanted to save face for each other. Yes, we did. Yes. You know, some some other friends asked if we wanted to go there and and we did, but you know, it was the exception. We laugh now that that really was not a a uh, representative of what we really were about because we were both Christians and we both wanted to be in the Lord's will, and that was the first thing in starting a relationship is, how are you with the Lord? Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I would imagine thing. if Jesus were on the earth today, he'd be hanging out at bars, too. He wouldn't be getting <laughs> yeah. obliterated, mind you. But... Absolutely. You know, that's where people are. That's good. Exactly. That is where people are. So, Catherine, you mentioned that you were a singer. What mm-hmm. kind of music were you into? Um, I grew up singing church music and was in every church choir and was in... Um, a Northwest District Youth Choir where we got to travel all over the country. And then when I went to college, I decided I would pursue music as a career, became a music major. And so uh, church music, Christian music, pop music, studied classical music because every voice major has to study classical. Because you're supposed to. That that makes it official, right? Yeah. Did you like that or did you just dread it? Oh, you know, I really enjoyed it. I loved um, learning about the fam- the classic composers, and I learned. Uh, I loved learning to exercise my instrument and to stretch myself. And I had wonderful teachers at Vanguard. And then, when I was uh, finishing my school, I just I made a, a a sharp turn and went into elementary education. And so I changed my focus completely and became a school teacher. Interesting. So, yeah. so what? Turned the course for you, Catherine. Was it the piano, um, the the requirement to to uh, 
learn to play the piano. I think that was kind of the deal breaker for me because that was really hard and not what I wanted to do. So Vanguard so. Was, at the time was not <laughs> offering the opportunity to major and say just vocals alone. No, at that point. you have to have a good foundational foundation of music education and. Uh, I decided that it's more practical to have a teaching degree than it is a music degree. And so I was being very pragmatic. Well, that's a pretty good one to punch eventually for a mom to be able to have that educational background for her kids in addition to the music. That's right. And over Calvary Chapel, Portland, Lauren Franco Mm -hmm. is a worship leader, and she's also your oldest of three? Our oldest daughter. We have three daughters, yes, and she's our oldest. And are they all musical? They all have musical talent. That is for sure. Do all of them exercise it? Some of them uh, use it more for pleasure and recreation. Our our Lauren has taken it more as a serious career. And she sounds good. We were able to celebrate our Listen Appreciation Night at Calvary Chapel Portland when when Raul Rees was in town. Mm -hmm. And it was just a beautiful thing. Things went so smoothly. Uh, The Calvary Chapel Portland family just worked so well. Mm-hmm. together. Uh, it was a, a rare event where I was actually able to sit back in a pew and really enjoy the worship and the message. So Wonderful. We had a lot of fun that night with you guys. Well done. And well, while we're speaking about Lauren, why don't you tell us about her husband? I'm going to get Catherine's perspective on okay. this and where she met him. Well, Lauren, we came to Portland when Lauren was 10 years old And we came, Calvary Chapel Portland at that time was about 25 people. It was just a small little fellowship. And we had our children who were 6, 8, and 10, three girls. So we came in and entered in fellowship there. About two years after we had uh, been pastoring this church, a family came in, and they had a son. And his name is Andrew Franco. And so my daughter and Andy grew up together in the youth group, and then my daughter took off to Europe for a Bible college experience, and then Andy took off to Europe to go have the same European um, college experience, and they came home and declared they were in love and were going to get married. So these two kids grew up together in church, and uh, God just anointed them to be together, and they just celebrated their ninth anniversary. And that's just a beautiful thing. So yeah. when little Andy Franco, <laughs> at age, what, 10-ish or so, was running around, then Calvary Chapel Portland and his congregation of 25-ish, yes. did you like, was he a good kid? He was a wonderful kid. He's, he was quiet, and he, you know, whatever trouble he got into, it was just uh, quiet. It was quiet trouble, so I never really saw that. But he's a wonderful man. We're blessed to have him in our family. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is get ready to take a break here, and I'm going to find out more uh, how Andy Franco's drumming played with you, Terry McNabb, being another drummer. (laughs) Don't forget, Revive is coming. That's Revive, the brand new radio show. It'll be weekdays on True Talk 800 at 4 p.m., and you're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800, the flagship station of Revive. It'll be coming Monday, March 2nd, airing weekdays at 4 p.m., and it features the teachings of Calvary Chapel Portland's senior pastor, Terry McNabb, who is our guest today, with his wife, Catherine. So before the break, we were talking about your family and making the big move from California mm-hmm. to Calvary Chapel Portland, where young Lauren McNabb met young Andy Franco, and all these years later, now they're married with Mm -hmm. how many kids? They have two children and one coming in just about four weeks. So is a rush being 
grandparents who were on the younger, hipper, healthier side, being able to have these grandkids locally. Is that what you're saying about us? We're younger, hipper, Uh, healthy? uh, I am. Yes, it is really great. In a good way. Yeah, because we had uh, kids when we were uh, first married. You know, we had kids right away. Um, And it was it was a challenge. But we are so grateful now that Mm -hmm. that we enjoy our kids and our grandkids. And we're young, young and hip and healthy. So right. How early is right away? When you oh, had, a year when you and a half? Kids. 18 months, exactly, from our wedding day. So then within that first year, nine months after we got married, we discovered we were having going to have a baby. And then nine months later, we had a baby. And so our little um, early marriage honeymoon period was relatively short because we were we ran from being honeymooners to becoming expectant parents pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, so. it is less so here in the Pacific Northwest than it was back in New York, where I grew up. But it seemed back in New York, if you got married young, you got frowned upon. And God mm-hmm. forbid you had kids before your late 20s because the argument was you didn't get to live. Right. right. And, and, right. and I'm, sadly, I've got friends who bought into that mentality. Right. But um, – What's what's your position being on marriage young and having kids young? When you're in the middle of it, uh, what I do know for us is that we we just really enjoyed being together. We felt like we were better together than single and waiting it out for, you know, years to get married or years to have kids. It it we appreciated each other and our friendship and the relationship. And so it was right for us to marry. And um, of course, we were we were very young and had some maturing to do. But when we had kids, even a year and a half into our marriage, um, we had the right foundation, the right principles. And we knew that we were committed to each other. Mm-hmm. We were committed to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and it was difficult, but the Lord got us through it. Mm. And then we had two more kids, three girls, which was really a lot of fun. You know, three girls about two years apart, and um, it, it was wonderful, and mm-hmm. now we enjoy all of them. And the wonderful thing now, as hard as it was when we were very young, is how much we can enjoy them now. Mm-hmm. Even more so. Even more right. so, yes. It is great. Now, Terry, we've heard your, your history, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it's going to come through in your sermons when you speak on Revive Weekdays at 4 on True Talk 800. But Catherine, tell mm-hmm. us about your upbringing. Did you grow up in the church? When, oh, when yes. did you own your own faith? I'm curious. Well, I, I am a pastor's kid from the get-go, the third child of my parents. And my dad and mom set out on the day that they got married in 1950 to go be a pastor in a small, tiny church in Umatilla, Oregon. From California to Umatilla, Oregon, they and I'm their third child. And so my whole entire life, I have been in the church. And so I, uh, you know, pastor's kids, they they come with a, a lot of uh, mixed reputation. And I have to tell you, my parents, um, as committed as they were to church and to the ministry God called them to, they were more committed to their children and to their family. And my parents diligently prayed for me. They mentored me. They discipled me. They required me to um, be in church and to hear the word and to study. But as we all know, especially those of us who have our parents, we know that each child makes a decision for themselves as to which way that they will go. And I can trace back at different points in my life, developmental 
stages where the Lord spoke to me as an individual. When I was seven years old, I remember hearing the voice of the Lord calling me, calling me out. When I was 12 years old, I was at a summer camp. Again, I heard the the Holy Spirit calling me out, saying to me that it that I'm an individual who must make a choice. And it's not my parents who make the choice for me, but I'm an individual who stands before the Lord alone and I can choose. When I was 15 years old, I went forward to be prayed for. Again, just that calling of the Holy Spirit pulling at me. And at that time, when I was 15, the Lord spoke a word of prophecy to me saying that I would be in the ministry and would be a pastor's wife. Then I went on to college. And when I met Terry at 21, he had no idea in the world that he would ever be a hold a position as senior pastor. So you knew he was going to be a pastor before he did. (laughs) It was really a moment of prayer because I had to reconcile this. Here I am have fallen deeply in love with this man who is going to be a professional musician and had no aspiration to be in full-time ministry other than full-time Christian music ministry. And I, I went to the Lord in prayer in my prayer closet and said, Lord, how can this be? You know, is it all right for me to marry him? I love him so much. And the Lord gave me that peace to say, yes, you marry him and it'll work out. Well, full-time ministry didn't come until what, 10, 12 years into our marriage. But that prophecy was uh, held up to be true as all of God's prophecies are. And so I look back and I see the hand of the Lord was leading me and directing me. And even when I couldn't see what tomorrow would hold, the Lord was there all the time taking care and, and, and giving me a path to live. Catherine, since your walk was strong from a relatively young age, mm-hmm. I think to some degree it may have been easier for you, despite being a pastor's kid, because you already had those lines of communication mm-hmm. with the Lord. So I want to ask you, in an era where we're used to getting what we want when we want, mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. perhaps we hear from the Lord, but either we don't want to hear what he has to say mm-hmm. or we doubt it. So right. can you give a word of encouragement to someone who mm-hmm. out there who might have heard something from the Lord, mm-hmm. but just has reservations? Right. Well, I'll tell you, even growing up with such a solid uh, foundation of a spiritual leadership in front of me, I'll tell you, the flesh is the flesh and the doubt. There is always that um, potential to doubt and to question. And that's where we really look at what the word of God says. The word of God doesn't change. It's the same through generation after generation. God's word doesn't change. And it also is that discipline of setting yourself um, out to take time to listen to the Lord, to ask the Lord the honest questions. And I have discovered in my walk with the Lord that God can handle the brutal honesty of my heart, that I don't have to come with some pre a prescribed prayer that would be uh, acceptable, but the cry of my heart and the deepest secrets of my heart, God can handle He can hear me and he loves me enough to speak back to me in words that I can understand. And so I think that when we set ourselves apart to give God time to listen to us and time to answer us, he is faithful to do that and to assure us in which way we should go. So do you both think that in a selfie, internet, social media driven age where we're 
kind of encouraged to be a bit self-centered mm-hmm. and show off our, our stuff, our wares to the world. Basically, anyone on Facebook is, in my opinion, a virtual DJ. This mm-hmm. is the picture I want to paint of myself. Right. Love me, love me, love me. Click right. like. And if right. you haven't clicked like, there must be something wrong with you because there can't be something wrong with me. So right. do you think, Catherine in particular, that mm-hmm. it's harder to hear God's voice with the number of distractions we have in a relatively soft upbringing? Mm-hmm. Well, it is. And, I, you know, before Facebook and before cell phones and before this immediate access, I'm old enough to know that time. There were still a lot of distractions, and I think the greatest distraction is just my own thought life, my own self, my own desires. And so, again, regardless of all of the um, all access to all kinds of information that we have, taking time out to just be quiet before the Lord and still our hearts to meditate on what the Lord, the Word of the Lord says, and also to just speak from our heart to the Lord. We do have that intimate fellowship with the Lord that gives us confidence and gives us the surety, that direction that we should go. And this whole program, the word revive, we've titled our our program Revive because every Christian, regardless if you're a new Christian or if you're an old Christian like I am, we need our soul and our spirit to be revived. And the way that we do that is through knowing God's word and through prayer. So, Being a pastor's kid yourself, Mm -hmm. do you think that's given you better insights for you and for Terry in raising these three daughters? How did you (laughs) encourage them to have that quiet time on their own, that walk with the Lord, and that individual relationship past being the pastor's kids? Mm. Right. Well, I will say for myself, I wanted them to think of themselves in the context of our family first and church second. Even though church was important, to me, church was, I wanted that church for them to be about the Lord, not about church. And I I wanted them to not just associate being a Christian with, with their parents' work and with having to be at church. I wanted them to have their own personal relationship with the Lord. And so, of course, it gets mixed up. We we have to be uh, at church. We have things to attend. We have programs to put together. But uh, I really wanted them to know that it was their own personal choosing to walk with the Lord. And it wasn't to put on a show for us. It wasn't to make me look good at church, you know, like, you, you know, you better behave because you're going to make me look bad if you if you don't do what's right. And if they didn't show up at church every time, uh, it was okay. If they needed to do something else or, you know, within a balance. But I I just didn't want to put that that guilt on them that they needed to perform for my reputation. I think you've given a great, healthy upbringing as a result. And are are they in pretty good shape today? They're great, yes. Yes, they love the Lord. They're serving the Lord. They're all. Th- we have three girls, but they're each their own person, their own personality, and they each share their own mind with us, and they're, they're not afraid to. Unexpected good parenting tips from Pastor Terry <laughs> McNabb and his wife Catherine of Calvary Chapel, Portland on Wilshire Street. We'll be talking soon about Sidewalk Prophets coming to town to Calvary Chapel, Portland. And don't forget, Revive is coming weekdays at 4 p.m. right here to True Talk 800.
You're listening to Difference Makers right here on True Talk 800, which is proud to be able to launch a, very, a brand new radio ministry called Revive starting Monday, March 2nd. It'll be on weekdays at 4 p.m. on True Talk 800, featuring the teachings of Senior Pastor Terry McNabb of Calvary Chapel, Portland. We've been talking with his wife pretty much for the entire time up until now, <laughs> but that's okay because you get to know the man through his wife, his best friend, his confidant, his soulmate, as, as you would. And as the parents of three kids, and, and in your case, Catherine, mm-hmm. being a pastor's kid mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. has that made it more difficult or more easy for you to see the perspective of your kids also being pastor's kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, what an interesting and complex question. And I honestly don't know the answer. Uh, you know, each step of the way, you just pray your way through it and hope you get it right. And um I didn't always get it right, even with the wealth of, of experience I had. I, I made my mistakes and, and wish I could go back and turn the clock and do it over again. And that's where the grace of God comes in. We ask the Lord um, to take us just as we are, to forgive us our sins and our mistakes and to to smooth it out, those rough edges. And it does really give us the opportunity to know what it means to be forgiven and in turn to forgive. Um, those mistakes to forgive others who who you know d- didn't get it right on our behalf, and so as a mom, it's very humbling. I my daughters are are wonderful individuals. I'm so proud of each one of them. They each have their own strengths, their own talents, and each one I hold up as a gift from God. They're married to wonderful men, have wonderful children, and what mom doesn't say that you know my kids are wonderful. Every mom says that, but. I truly um, am humble and thank the Lord uh, for his gift that he's given me with those those women. So, Terry, three daughters, mm-hmm. roughly two years apart. Yes. Mm-hmm. And all three are married. Yes. And do all three of them have kids yet? Our youngest doesn't have uh, any kids yet. Uh, so uh, just the oldest two, uh, Lauren and Allison, they have kids and they're a lot of fun. And have they been close as sisters all these years or are they, they, are they very different or what? Uh, they are very different personalities, but they have been close all these years. And uh, it's interesting now that they've gotten married and adults and just for them to adjust to being committed to their own families now and to just make that shift over. But they've done it very well. We're so, proud mm-hmm. of them. We have boasted on Lauren and Andrew being mm-hmm. your, your oldest and mm-hmm. your first son-in-law. Tell yes. us about your other two. Um, well, Allison and Joe um, – uh, both musical as well. I mean, they have to be musical to come into the family. We just we take a vote. <laughs> what instrument you play? Yes. And uh, Allie and Joe, and uh, they have two kids, uh, live in the area as well, and are serving the Lord. Joe is uh, set on becoming a, a police officer or something in law enforcement field and really working hard to do that. He comes from a Christian family in California, attended a Calvary Chapel down there, Went to Bible school, um, like many of uh, Calvary kids do. He went over to Jerusalem, to Israel, to Bible school, and then to Southern California. And uh, he has helped us in youth ministry and now pursuing law enforcement. And uh, we're, he's, he's just a great young man. And uh, Allison has just uh, always served him and, and just encouraged him. And she is... Uh, She's just uh, committed to the Lord as well, mm-hmm. and we're proud of her and her accomplishments. Um, Sarah, our youngest, and her husband, 
uh, Brian. Uh, Brian um, works for Precision, and he is uh, in sales and installing uh, granite and loves doing home improvements and and uh, those kinds of things, and he is great for me to call for projects around my house. Well, that mm-hmm. sounds like he's a lot of fun. He's our, he is yeah. uh, just a real great help to me. And uh, he's got a honey do list from his father in law. <laughs> Brian, I need your help. We gave him our daughter, so he owes us. You owe right? us something. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Seven years yeah. or uh, seven granite countertops. There we go. Sarah's yeah. a property manager uh, for um apartment company in the Portland area. And but they're all they're all very strong independent, which is exactly what I wanted for them. I wanted strong girls. Uh, it's very interesting thinking of looking back in the young years of having three little girls. I'd come home from work and these three little girls would run to the door. And, and you know, it would be easy for me. I remember thinking, you know, I'm outnumbered here. It's, it's uh, my wife and three girls and I'm the only man in the house. And I remember thinking, you know, what, am I, what do I provide here? What do they need from me? But that's what that's what a young man thinks. And I learned over the years how important the father was to to raising daughters and that they would look at me with such uh, a a role of of just that that fatherly male relationship and that they needed me to learn how to relate to boys and even to men. Mm-hmm. And so rather than stepping back, my wife would say, look, your girls need you. And I would mm-hmm. think, well, they're girls. You talk to them, you know, when they needed help or correction or something. And my wife was really good to say, you know, they're girls. They need their father. Mm-hmm. And um, the Lord has really taught me a lot about raising girls. I actually have three older sisters. And then I had three daughters. And I just wanted them to be confident, strong not um, thinking they had to run after boys to to fill some emptiness, and mm-hmm. uh, just to be just to be confident and wait. And mm-hmm. uh, when they were in their early twenties and looking for boys and husbands, possible husbands, and they would say, "Boy, it's hard to find a young man that really loves the Lord." And mm-hmm. I would say, "Look, you just need one." Mm. Don't tell me about all of them out there. Mm-hmm. You don't need all of them. You need mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So wait for one. And That's they right. all three found young men that love the Lord. Mm-hmm. It is possible today. So, Catherine, what was your perspective on Terry's fatherhood over your daughters? You know, I thank the Lord. Um, Terry came into our marriage as a young man, very devoted to family. He was devoted to our marriage, faithful and invested in making our marriage fun, not just, not only just stable, but our, our marriage was going to be the center of fun and excitement for us. And by doing that, when you add children, um, it becomes a party. And so Terry would come home from work and he'd have three little girls crawling up his legs, you know, daddy, daddy's home. And it was, it was a party in the healthiest, best sense of the word. Um, he, he brought a lot of fun and joy and, when the girls were in their preteen and teenage years, we would go get a burger at Carl's Jr. and we would just sit and laugh and laugh and laugh. And I look back now and I think it all happened. And Terry really was the 
I was probably the more serious one and the rule keeper and Terry really brought still is. <laughs> he brought fun to our family and I look at the um, stability that my daughters have and I'm so grateful to have a husband and a father for my children who loved them. He was strong and stable and able to um, keep control in the house and able to to create a discipline in the house of, of right and wrong. Um, but he also had a great sense of love and fun and adventure that really helped them. And so I, I appreciate that about him. Something that bothers me about this current era is the emphasis that young girls from early teens on up really seem to have on the impression they make on others. So mm-hmm. as the parents of three girls who are successfully walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. being productive members of society, right. good wives and, and mothers in two out of the three cases. Right. What can you instill in younger parents or parents of younger children that you would encourage them to do for girls being raised in this era? Mm-hmm. Any good suggestions? For young girls that feel like they have to go out and make an impression or impress people or... Um, what I would say, there is that pull for people, all of us, to to find our way and to, what what am I here for? You know, and it was really intensified for us in Southern California because everything is bigger and almost celebrity-driven in, in Los Angeles and Orange County. And I would say, basically, that that our kids go out there to try and satisfy a personal need. They're, they're people, and they're trying to fill an emptiness that really we know can only be filled by the Lord. And we, we know that we, as parents, have a place to fill in their hearts, to make sure that they know that they're loved, mm-hmm. that we value them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just felt that if, if we made our family strong and they really valued their relationship with us, that when they went out in the world, they wouldn't do anything to jeopardize that. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to think, well, my kids are teenagers. They want to go hang out with friends. They really want to spend time with their parents. They want their parents to want to be with them. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they have their friends. But your kids want you. And when we were young, we didn't have any money, so they got us. Yeah. <laughs> we had to make fun. We, we made our own fun. Yes. Yeah. So that really just stayed with them that that they valued our our appreciation of them and our relationship with them. Favorite part of parenting? Mm. Well, that it's done. Grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I love that my daughters are grown up. They're 27, 29 and 31 and I love the friendship factor that we can now have because the hard part's done. We can just enjoy each other's company. I love that. They're off on mm-hmm. their own. Yeah. You can enjoy them kind of more on a peer or friendship yeah. level yeah. as opposed to a yeah. parent because they've flown the coop. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're doing great, and they're they're responsible for their own decisions, and, and we just uh, love them just as they are, and it's wonderful. Any encouraging word to someone whose children may have gone a little off the beaten path, at least for now? Mm. Well, is uh, they may not be listening to to you, but it's really just to pray for them. Mm -hmm. And if they're testing what they're doing, 
uh, pray for them, find your opportunities to speak to them, and just just love them in whatever opportunity you have. Amen to that. Catherine and Terry McNabb are here from Calvary Chapel, Portland. Don't miss Revive coming 4 p.m. weekdays to True Talk 800. And when we return, we're going to talk about that Sidewalk Profits concert also coming right here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks so much for listening to Difference Makers right here on True Talk 800. We are proud to be launching Revive, a new radio ministry airing weekdays at 4 p.m., beginning on Monday, March 2nd. And in the studio from Calvary Chapel, Portland, the senior pastor and host of Revive, Terry McNabb, and his lovely wife, Catherine. So thanks so much for joining us today. I'm having almost too good a time with the two of you hearing your history and your story and more about your your family. So mm-hmm. tell us more about your church. Uh, Catherine, you mentioned being a pastor's kid yes. out in Umatilla at one point. Mm-hmm. Now, what type of church was that? Was it similar to what you're doing today? Well, my dad is Assemblies of God pastor retired, and my brother is Assemblies of God pastor, and uh, my extended family is very involved in Assemblies of God. And I went to an Assemblies of God college, and then I married a Baptist boy. And so, oops, we got to figure things out here. We ended up at Calvary Chapel. So now, right in the middle, right in the middle. So a little we're bit at of Calvary both. Chapel. Was that a good? Uh, it seems like a really good fit for you, actually. It is. Right? It is a good fit um, because um, the Assemblies of God were were, and the emphasis was the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the church I grew up in, a Baptist church, was the emphasis of the teaching of the Bible. And at Calvary, we found that they put both together: the teaching of the Word with the emphasis and the work of the Holy Spirit, which really um, made it fresh, made it vital and really exciting. And that's what we thought was significant in the Lord's work in the early Calvary Calvary Chapel movement. So when I think of the church, I try to intentionally think of we being believers in Christ of all different sizes, ethnicities, and denominations. But for those of us who are less familiar with Calvary Chapel churches overall— can you tell us what's special or different about Calvary Chapel, Portland on Wilshire Street, outside of the fact that you have Sunday morning services at 9 and 1045? <laughs> well, we we are like many of the churches in the Portland area. We're there uh, preaching the gospel, preaching the word. We're, we're there to just serve the people the Lord brings to our building as many pastors. So I feel, uh, first of all, Rather than being different, I feel a kinship with so many pastors that, that we're part of the whole body of Christ here. Um, but that being said, I think it's amazing how the Lord gives each church its own personality, its own special emphasis. And um, the part that I hope that we play as Calvary Chapel is that, that emphasis on teaching of the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation— But not just the teaching of the Bible, with the work of the Holy Spirit to the goal of really seeing people experience the power and the love of God. It's not for me, the goal is not church. The goal is to know God. Mm -hmm. The goal is what church is to accomplish. And I'll confess as a pastor, it's easy to make church about church. Because uh, we have we have the next event to plan. We're thinking of the Easter program that's coming up, and I just feel the Lord always remind me. Now, how is this going to serve my purpose? 
And I, I think the main thing that we desire is for people to know the Lord and not just to be saved, as we say in the church, but to have a daily relationship with him. Mm-hmm. As Jesus said, abide in me. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted that connection with him because he wants to work through our lives. And we've just, we saw in our lives um, that at Calvary Chapel, we developed such a, such an intimate, personal relationship with the Lord. And it was that special combination of the work of the Holy Spirit and the teaching of the Word. And so it's it's what we saw in our lives when we were in our 20s, and it's what we want for Portland and for people to experience at our church. And we've called the program Revive because I believe that's exactly what happens when the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and plants it in our heart. We're revived. We wake up. And so many times we as Christians can lose that sense of vitality with the Lord. We get a little bit routine, a little bit um, just, okay, let's go to church this week, or, well, I read my chapter in the Bible this, you know, today. But we all struggle with that. And I think my heart's desire is to see the Christians uh, that I can come in contact with just be renewed. And it's kind of a daily renewing. Because every day has its challenges. Am I going to walk with the Lord? Am I going to do my own thing? You know, we are to de- deny ourselves daily, take up our cross and follow the Lord. And it is just a daily constant thing. And I just want through the teaching of God's word in a simple style for people to not just know more Bible, but to know more of the love of God. That's right. And that's really what it's about for us. Mm-hmm. What I love about you, Terry McNabb of Calvary Chapel, Portland, is you're an incredibly humble man. It's not about you. It's about Christ, mm-hmm. to know him more. So thank you for what you do. And in addition to preaching the word of God and preaching it well in ways that are welcoming, you also do a lot of events at Calvary Chapel, Portland. And one of them is coming up. We're very excited about it. It's with our sister station, 104.1 The Fish, and it's the Sidewalk Prophets Great Big Family Room Tour. Would you like to explain that for us? Well, what a great uh, opportunity for us to work with you guys and to do this concert. Uh, We hope people will come and just see it as an opportunity to hear some great music, to be blessed, to meet other Christians in the Portland area and to maybe visit us at Calvary Chapel, Portland, and to uh, say hi to us. Maybe they're going to start listening to the radio program, and I would love to meet them. Um, and just it's just a great opportunity. And the big concert's coming up. It's the Sidewalk Prophets Great Big Family Room Tour, Thursday, April 16th at 7 p.m. Doors will open at 6. And what's really neat is Sidewalk Prophets Family Room just became yours, an intimate acoustic performance. General admission tickets are, are just 10 bucks. That's an absolute steal. And they've also got a limited space available VIP pizza party. In addition to that, great big serenades are also up for grabs. You can find a lot more information on that when you go to the website, thefishportland.com. And you can also find more on the church's website, calvarychapelportland.com. So in our final few minutes together, Terry and Catherine McNabb, if you wanted to speak to one person, through this upcoming program.
program Revive, which will be weekdays at 4 p.m. on True Talk 800. Who do you hope God would lead you to that you could speak to and encourage as well as teach? Well, I know exactly who that is, and that is the Christian who maybe listens to Christian radio but doesn't go to church. Or maybe they go to church, but it's become a routine for them. And my heart is that they will just be just revived and they would remember the love of God and just and go back to those early days of their their early time of walking with the Lord and and just to remember that the Lord loves them and if they will just say, Lord, help me. I think of that word revive and the words that David himself said in the in Psalm one nineteen, when he had sinned, he said, Lord, revive me according to your word. He says it over and over in Psalm 119, revive me according to your righteousness, revive me according to your word. He was just begging for the Lord to revive him because he, he panicked. He realized he lost his heart for the Lord. His sin was doing a damage in his life that he didn't even realize. And he, he goes, Lord, let me have it back. Let me have my, my heart renew a right spirit within me. And and I just hate that idea that a Christian has lost their love for the Lord and they are stuck somewhere in their life and they're afraid they can't get it back. In a works-oriented uh, yeah. world, do you ever, as a head pastor and wife, do you ever kick someone off of ministry for a season saying, you need to just be for a while and not serve? <laughs> well, <laughs> you hate to lose anybody in the ministry. But most of the time, if I see that happening, then um, they're quick to respond and see what's happening, and we can just help them in the middle of the process. I don't, I can't remember if or very many times I've ever had to kick somebody out of ministry. Maybe a time or two in twenty years, uh, but most of the time, people they start to see it happening, happening, and they respond pretty quick. Well, I'm glad you're able to encourage just the self-introspection and catching that before it snowballs into something worse. So mm-hmm. in our last minute, Catherine mm-hmm. McNabb, wife mm-hmm. of Calvary Chapel Portland Senior Pastor Terry McNabb, anything you'd like to share with our listeners? I want you to know wherever you are, whatever's happening in your life, that God loves you just as you are. It takes faith to call out to the Lord when we're hurting. And I promise you that God is faithful to hear us and to respond to that step of faith. And that from that moment, God will reach into your heart, into your life, and he brings comfort. And he also brings resolution and solutions to those problems. And it might take a period of time and he might teach you some things along the way. But if we open ourselves up to it, God is so faithful. We can never express enough. God's love for us. Thank you so much, Catherine and Terry McNabb of Calvary Chapel Portland. To find more information at the website, calvarychapelportland.com, on Revive, coming weekdays at 4 p.m., and on the Sidewalk Prophets Great Big Family Room Tour coming Thursday, April 16th. Thanks so much for joining us right here on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.